Welcome to the Lovecraft Tapes, a real play Call of Cthulhu RPG campaign using Roll20.net. I am your keeper of arcane lore, Jeremy Boomstick Johnson, and your investigators of the unknown are... Brian Johnson as Samantha Sam Brewster. Hi, everybody. George Gallagher as Chuck Blaine. And Matt Zelish as Daniel Williams. <laughs> Well, thanks for joining us tonight. This is actually episode three of chapter one called Lights, Camera, Chaos. And now, a word from our sponsor. Thirsty? Bloodthirsty? When watered-down beers brewed by faceless, soulless corporate conglomerates can't satiate your appetite, look no further than your old pals at Boomstick Brew. We make real, handcrafted, artisanal homebrew using municipal water, hops grown in our side yard, which is definitely not the site of an ancient Indian burial grounds, and the best grains money can buy on the internet. Enjoy a tall glass of our award-winning Rhubarbarella's Revenge, or a pint of The Stout with Two Brains. Are you a hophead? No worry. Even Sid Haig would enjoy a snifter of our house IPA, Galaxy of Terroir. So put down that chilled mug of piss water and visit us at www.boomstickbrew.com. Anyways, I want to talk a little bit about the uh, system that we're using now that we're three episodes in. Since we haven't played any heavy-duty role-playing games, uh, I decided not to invest all my freaking money in the rule books. So, thankfully, Chaosium Incorporated has a quick play startup for for the new 7th edition, which I think just came out 2013 is when it actually came out. Back in the day, before you kids were born, I purchased like every goddamn rule book known to man. (laughs) And not only that, I'll tell you this much. I purchased all the rule books, and I would have started back in like 1982 or something, and you know got all the D and D ones, all the Monster Manual, Dungeon Master's Guide, Player's Handbook, and then all Monster Manual two and Deities and Demigods. And Which just, version? I mean, it was 82, 83, so it was oh, it was AD and D, Advanced Dungeons and Dragons. So there wasn't really even a version; it was just sort of the next step. So since then, uh, right now, fifth edition just came out last year. Uh, for Dungeons and Dragons, but I always wanted Call of Cthulhu, so I, I I purchased all of the Keeper's Handbook, and there's another one out there. It's the Investigator's Handbook, I think it's called. And these things weren't cheap; these were like you know sixty, fifty, sixty bucks per book. So I had a whole library of rule books sitting in my closet. And after the course of years, then of course I never played them again. And we, uh, then I, I got my brother and and my, a couple of my friends. Uh, back in, gosh, this would have been 2001, 2000, somewhere in there, to play a little bit. And I, I, I sold all my books. And then I repurchased all the rule books. <laughs> <laughs> Just so that I could play again back in the 2000s. So there was a gap there of like 10 years when I didn't even have it, or it was sitting in my closet. I sold them all online, along with every single dice, every, every little token, man, miniature, everything. And then I started buying all the crap back up again. And, from yourself uh, on eBay? Yeah, from myself. I was like, ah, <laughs> I'll give myself a deal. No, you won't, you fucker. Uh, <laughs> so then I purchased everything, and then I sold it again back in late 2000s. 
uh, because I well, I had a friend, uh, Darcy, who died. Uh, and so that just sort of fell away. And uh, we, we never played it again. And now, of course, the joke's on me because here we are, third iteration, playing Call of mm-hmm. Cthulhu again. Stop selling your stuff. So I, I'm really thankful that Chaosium put out this quick start rules because it has pretty much all the core stuff that we need without getting too complicated. And I'm, I've really sort of fallen in love with podcasts like Cthulhu and Friends and uh, uh, D&D podcast, Drunks and Dragons. The, both of those emphasize role-playing over rule sets. So I just want to say a, a couple words about you know what, what system we're actually using. And because uh, we stumbled across Roll20, which some of the other folks um, use, other podcasts use, it's got most of that stuff built in. So it's got the character sheet, it's got the roles, it's got all that stuff baked right into it, which is pretty amazing. So it, it allows us to get up and running and then get playing damn quick and collaborate pretty easily too. So anyways, that's all I wanted to say about that. So now let's talk a little bit about, uh, rather than assigning one of you poor fuckers, uh, the task, <laughs> the task of re-upping uh, what has gone on before. Why don't you guys all sort of pitch in and talk about uh, what happened in at least in episode two. You can go back a little bit further to the beginning if you like, but go ahead and explain where you're at and what you're thinking. I'm scared, and I'm thinking I'm scared. Well, I should stop looking in the mirror. Well, we got called out to a movie set in your Belinda to investigate the disappearances of a couple of people. We've gotten incredibly little information in like three hours. We went into town to try to do a little investigating to see if we could figure out, is it someone from town that's having the, that's causing the issues or someone from the set that's disgruntled and doing something? And we just keep running into brick walls, but people keep disappearing. And the common theme is there's a thin man that's ripping people apart, but there's no proof of the ripping or of the thin man. <laughs> there's no proof of anything. Everything is speculation. Well, no, there's there's proof. Because I went on the date with the uh, doctor and had a great time. At that Italian place? One, one of the seven Italian restaurants in Yorba Linda. And as I was getting ready to enter the motel room, I saw the thin man. Or did you? I don't know. I was pretty drunk. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> so I need to I need to find out what the hell is going on. Yeah, let us know, because none of us know what's going on. Well, that, that's a, that's pretty much a, a quick encapsulation of what's happened so far. You've you've met quite a few characters. Any uh, thoughts on those guys? I know you have a whole wiki here full of interesting mm-hmm. notes. Actors are assholes. Are, are you starting to <laughs> think about what might be going on, or? I gotta be honest. I have gotten nowhere in this mentally. How about physically? Uh, I've actually sat in the chair the whole time, so nowhere physically either. How about sexually? Oh yeah, he's golden forty, fifty times. <laughs> Emotionally, I'm completely attached to um, Bill. Uh, the Bill Wino. Wino. <laughs> <laughs> the old Korean heavy drinking vet who's been in and out of rehab, but didn't. What does it say? Didn't have rehab. Been in and out of rehab. Parentheses. Didn't have rehab. <laughs> This wiki is the what worst. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> <laughs> and so right now we basically have uh, Sam and uh, Chuck 
staying at the Tumbleweed Motel after really uh, staying in town and doing a little bit of scrounging around there. They went and bar hopped uh, looking for winos and other clues. And they tried to go see, it was a Joe Miller. And uh, he was of very little help thanks to a shitty role by Chuck. So Daniel is, uh, is uh, stuck doing gopher work uh, back at the film set. As a punishment for his rowdy evening. It was one bottle of moonshine. After another, after another, but that's not the point. But he's over his hangover, and he he basically crashed around midnight or one o'clock, I think it was. And so that's where we're at. So we're basically have Chuck is asleep in the motel. Daniel, who's asleep in, in, in the uh, the bunks, the barracks at the film set. And then we have Sam, who who who, who is returning from a date that I did nothing on. Nothing. Not for free, he didn't. Her platonic date. <laughs> that's right. Kiss on the cheek, yo. Which cheek? So, uh, that's where we're going to pick it up. Let's get into it. I'm anxious. I'm nervous. Sam, as the taillights pull away, you glance up towards the rooftops, and you catch a figure, a very gaunt, thin figure, fleeting in the moonlight. What do you do? I'm going to call out. This isn't a rap battle. Who are you? As you call out, who are you? You feel a heavy hand fall on your shoulder. What the fuck? And you smell the scent of a freshly turned grave. Jesus Christ. And next to your ear you hear, So hungry. I thought you just had dinner with the doctor. And he's already (laughs) hungry? Apparently that eggplant parmesan is not very filling. <laughs> well, he was uh, like 70, right? They probably went to dinner at like 4 p.m. <laughs> they went for the uh, the special at Denny's. <laughs> I, I turn quickly and back up. As you turn around and back up, you see a very thin, gaunt figure. And then you awake. What? You bolt upright in, in bed at the Tumbleweed Motel. You're still dressed. You're covered in sweat. Ew, shower or something. <laughs> so a normal Tuesday, then. You know, come to think of it, I don't think I've ever heard about Sam showering. Yeah, Sam. And we've been out God. here for like three days. That's disgusting. There's something Hygiene. to be said for natural odor. Prefers her natural musk. I quickly rush to the window and look out in the direction I first saw him. You rush to the window, look out, and you can see the dawn approaching. Dead of the dawn of the dead? No, that's a woman named Dawn. Oh. She's walking down the road. It's still 3 a.m. Dawn is doing the walk of shame. Chuck, you wake up slowly, snuggled in the bed at the Tumbleweed Motel. You hear this familiar sound. It sounds like the shower's running. Was I sleep showering again? (laughs) It's a common problem. Well, I better go investigate the shower. You approach the bathroom, and as you approach, someone from behind the shower curtain says, Can you hand me a towel, hon? Well, um, I guess I'll open the shower curtain. Take a peek, take a peek. (laughs) You grasp one edge of the shower curtain and pull it aside, and the shower is empty. The water is running. Daniel, you awaken 
bleary-eyed slowly. You can hear people moving around in the barracks getting ready for the day. And as you open your eyes, immediately you see on the nightstand a stack of books. And in the middle, you see one binding that stands out. It says, The Mystery of Green Grove. Have I been sleep book stacking again? God, we all need to just stop sleeping. Alright, that's the end of the series. We all never sleep again. <laughs> we all die of sleep deprivation. So, Daniel, what would you like to do, my friend? I'm going to grab the copy of the mystery and uh, read the uh, the summary on the back cover. Oh, bad choice. You just died of dysentery. Damn it. Again? Uh, well, you see, it, it is the novel's, uh, novel... Uh, and actually, the blurb on the back of the of the uh, the book proclaims the follow up novel, best selling novel from William Gardner, the real life story of the mystery of Green Grove, and it iterates how back in 1849, the town of Green Grove, everyone disappeared one day, and were never heard again, heard from again even though all of them had relatives in other places. But do they have friends in low places? They're also raping in the wind. Whoa, whoa, hey, that escalated. So it, it is uh, uh, William Gardner's novel that upon which the movie's being made. Yeah, I'm going to take the book, and I'm going to go try and find Bill, because I think I have a few more questions about uh, about the uh, the the real-life mystery this movie is based off. You uh, strike off and go try to find William, Billy. Uh, Sam? I'd like to curl into a fetus and just cry for hours, please. Can I do that? Not into a fetus. I mean, into the shape of a... Okay. You should probably do it in the shower so when you come out, you're a little cleaner. I believe I was at the point where I was going to run next door and pound on... The boss's door. Me? Ooh. Chuck, no, you, you hear someone pounding at the door. And you uh, you are you have one hand on the uh, shower curtain, sort of looking at the shower when someone starts pounding on the door. Well, I guess it can't get any weirder. I'll go answer it. And Sam is there. Mr. Blaine! Mr. Blaine! Mr. Wow, that's nice. You're my boss, jackass. It's the 50s. Deplane, <laughs> <laughs> deplane! I saw him. I saw him. Who? The Thin Man. Where? Outside of my motel room last night. And then what happened? He touched me. He whispered in my ear, and I woke up in my bed. Uh, Chuck, you can tell you can tell that uh, Sam is uh, pretty hungover. Her breath stinks of alcohol. Of wine. It's not really alcohol. <laughs> so you woke up afterward in a bed. Yes. So you saw something insane, and then you woke up in a bed. Sir, I'm terrified. I don't know what to do. I know what I saw. It was real. Let's go outside and see if there's anything noteworthy in the, uh, wherever you saw him. Okay. You're going with me, right? I guess. Could you please put pants on? (laughs) No. Swinging in the wind. It's the 50s. Not really swinging so much (laughs) as gherking. (laughs) (laughs) Oh... So uh, the two of you go out into the parking lot and you see, you know, pretty much an empty motel parking lot, a couple of cars here and there. Uh, in the distance, you see the rooftops. Uh, Sam, you do know it. Why don't you give me a, a roll? How about a spot hidden roll? 
That seems okay. about right. I can do that. I can that do that. Right. It I'm worked! Hot damn tamale. You needed a 70 and you rolled a 33, which is a success. So you happen to notice that the rooftops that you saw last night, mm-hmm. they appear to be quite a bit further away than what you recall them being. Why don't we just take the city and push it somewhere else? Inception. I think I just discovered the multiverse, sir. You mean AT&T U-verse? <laughs> no, God, no. Please sponsor us. <laughs> Hashtag totally not sponsored. Okay, so the buildings seem much further away. But over here, come over here by my room. This is exactly where I was, where he touched my shoulder and he whispered, so hungry, or something similar to that in my ear. I'm so, I'm, I'm so frazzled, I'm sorry. But the buildings are farther away? For some reason, when I looked over, it, they were literally 50 feet away. Now they're across the street. I don't understand what's happening. You know me. I'm a rational person. I don't understand why this is happening. You're a woman in the 50s. I don't think I would believe you're a rational person at all. You're hysterical. Get back in the kitchen. <laughs> Make me a sandwich. Well, uh, I don't know what else we can do, but just keep going on our way. Uh, well, Chuck, why don't you give me a uh, psychoanalysis roll? Yeah! All right, I needed a 60 and I got a 4. Success. Uh, that's a 74, sir. Uh, shit. And that is a fail. Uh, so, unfortunately, um, you're unable to convince uh, Sam that maybe she was dreaming last night. She's pretty damn convinced that this did happen. We just got to keep going on our day. Nothing else we can do. Sam, do you feel the same way? I, I don't. I honestly don't. Sir, we need to figure out what is happening to this town. Well, yeah, that's what we got to keep going. I'm not just scared for myself. I'm scared for everybody here. Nothing else we can do. We just got to... Let's just go. Let's get out and start doing should something. Should we just keep swimming? We should just keep swimming. Flush it down. Flush it down. Do you speak whale? Can I take a few minutes? I need to go freshen up. You have half a minute, starting 30 seconds ago. Yep, it's the 50s. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's cut back to Daniel then. Daniel, you go up to uh, William's trailer and get ready to knock and the door opens and William's staying there. Uh, he looks a little tired. Yes, da- yes, Daniel. Hey, uh, I know it's a little early, but I never got around. Uh, I had a couple questions I wanted to, to ask you last night. Is now a good time? Or Sure. Uh, yeah, yeah. I've, uh, but i got to get to the set here in a couple minutes. So uh, what do you um, On the back of this book here, it says that this... Is, oh, yeah, my book. I've been, I've been perusing. Uh, it says it's based on a real-life mystery. Yes, that's correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you happen to just kind of give me the quick basics of what happened back then? I it, it says, like, you know, one or two sentences on here, but I I was hoping you knew a little more. Whoa, so you want the cliff notes. Is that what I'm hearing? More or less. Do they have cliff notes back then? Yes. I, I was just I wondering that. I have no idea. So uh, he, he essentially gives you the cliff notes. What happened was um, the town of Green Grove was founded essentially as a, a gold mine, uh, a, what do you call it, boom town. So, of course, all of the prospectors came to the town flooded in. There was actually families. That's basically the gist of what you got even looking at the movie set because they have children there and houses, wives, families, and that sort of thing. And uh, there were you know, easily a few dozen people living there on a regular basis. And then one day, they all simply disappeared. Essentially what a lot of the other historical books have told William 
and and the sort of fiction that he helped build a little bit based on these individual facts. The rumor is, the urban legend is, that the town of Green Grove was actually built upon a uh, Indian burial ground. And the Indian spirits rose up and dragged the uh, townspeople into the ground. Take move, man. He told, He's like, see, see Daniel, it's, it, it makes a great movie, doesn't it? This will sell tickets. Oh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm terrified just listening to it, man. Yeah, and, and can I be a little frank with you? I'll go right ahead. After I'm Bill, I'll be frank later. Big frank. They plump when you cook them. You know, I, I, after, after I was so unhappy with the way that uh, Days of Hell turned out, I wrote this book specifically to become a movie because, you know, I, I want to make some coin off this thing. It's actually not much of a good book. But it, it makes a pretty good script. Hey, I mean, we're all just trying to just trying to get by around here. I don't blame you for that. If only there was a way to turn something into a script without being a book first. What would they call that? Hmm. We could call it like a screen screen novel or a screen musical. Right, but you want to get all the marketplaces. See, it's diversification. If you would like make a podcast, then maybe you'd want to hit all the social media things. What social media? I thought we were all exclusively on MySpace. So Daniel, um, uh, are are you doing okay with the Gopher thing? Um, I've been thinking, you know, maybe I could sign you up as my personal assistant, and that would give you a little bit more latitude to move around here. I would, uh, I'd, I'd appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Uh, so uh, I I was missing a, a stack of books. Uh, were, were there any else with that? Well, there was a stack of those in the barracks this morning. I uh, assumed that uh, some of the extras were doing a little reading. Okay. You know, right. figured they wanted to get get a little more into it. Yeah, I, yeah. I wonder if uh, maybe one of those folks who disappeared might have borrowed them. I can't quite recall if uh, I, don't, I can't remember. Anyways, I gotta get to the set. Uh, but I'll, I'll send word to the operations manager to uh, let you move around so you get a little bit more latitude to investigate things if you need to. Just keep me up to date, and uh, I'll see you later. Okay. Okay. Thank you All very right. much, Bill. Have a good day. All right. Back to Sam and uh, Chuck. Sam, are you ready? I'm ready, but a little nervous. So what is your plan of action? Should we try and get more out of Bill the wino? See if he's sobered up at all? All right, that sounds good. Because it's 8 a.m. Okay, where are you going to head? Oh, he, he lives by the river, yeah. Let's yeah, go let's river. go to the river. So you, you travel down by the river. Um, it is early morning. Uh, there are some uh, uh, seagulls pecking at bits of pink chunks of meat. Might have been a fish dragged out of the water. Not quite sure. It actually really kind of stinks as if the, the river has dredged up something. Uh, it smells a little bit like, you know, when worms start to decay in soil. Believe it or not, I don't. Believe it or not, I do. And <laughs> that's sad. Sam, why don't, why don't you give me a... I'm not giving you anything, pervert. Con roll. Constitution? Yep. Or do you want me to go to prison? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> you needed Ooh. a 60 and you rolled a 98, which is a failure. A really bad failure. So as soon as you get a whiff of both the dead fish flesh and the rotting worms in soil, you have a quick flash in your mind, the breath of the thing that tapped you on the shoulder last night, and you lose any little last bit of dinner that was in your stomach. Oh, damn, that was good, too. Spilled onto the ground. Damn Italians. You're not helping it smell any better out here. Uh, Chuck, at that stage, Bill crawls out from a makeshift lean-to, and he has he's covered in newspapers, and he kind of looks blurry up to, Hey, keep it down, would you? 
Did you notice anything weird going on last night? Who are you? I bought you a lot of alcohol yesterday. Oh, uh, uh, that's right. Yeah, what was your name? Uh, Chuck. Well, hi, uh, Chuck. Uh, you got any more of that booze? Maybe if you help me out, I will. But don't you smell anything uh, abnormal? He sniffs underneath his arm. No, smells about right. <laughs> uh, did you hear anything last night? Uh, mean besides the explosions in Korea? Damn Chinese took me. Well, that's not going to get me far, is it? What's well, not going to get you far? You and your stupidity. You don't know what you're up against. What am I up against? The Chinese, they'll, they'll bind you and, and drip water on your head for days. Okay, but what am I up against here? Talk to me about the skinny dude. Oh, God. He was... He was screaming. I have a poor Will. Have, have you seen him around? And he looks towards the pink flesh on the oh. banks that the birds are picking at. I, I, I need a drink. I just need a drink. I'm not getting you a damn thing until you give me some more information. Uh, tell me what to say. I'll say whatever you want. What happened to your friend? Charlie in the bush. What? At least Charlie wasn't in the chocolate factory. <laughs> That fucker took Will. Will was my only friend. That bastard. Just give me a gun. Give me a gun and I'll I'll go after him. Where would you go after him? I got used to track back in the day, back in the jungle. I could do it again. Well, let's do it. Let's do it. We'll hire you. I, I just gotta... I just gotta get cleaned up. Maybe a shave. And a, and a drink. If you are willing to help us, we'll get you a room at the Tumbleweed Motel with us. And you can shower and shave and... You got it, mister. And he, and he he crawls out of the hovel and stands up a little wobbly legs, but then he gives you a snap salute. And he follows you. Nice. Back to Daniel. So now that I don't have to uh, go for things around, I can uh, do all the snooping that I want. You got a little bit of latitude, yep. I know last time I walked the perimeter, I want to go a little farther out, walk a little bit of a bigger circle. Go ahead and give me a spot hidden. Matt needed a 45 and he got a 107. <laughs> <laughs> he got a 39. He got a 39. He, he succeeded. Uh, okay, so uh, you, you sort of walk around the perimeter. So you, you basically see a lot of tracks in the dirt. You see a couple cars parked here and there. You see a lot of people rushing around, getting some sets ready for some scenes. And you see, of course, the hills in the distance. Mountains aren't real. I guess I will head back to set and keep an eye on filming to make sure nothing odd starts happening. Well, as you are going towards the set to see, make sure nothing odd is happening, you do pass by David Parker. He looks very uh, distracted and extremely tired. He has dark circles under his eyes. He's actually on his way to uh, makeup and wardrobe. All right, guys, David Parker's the thin man. Case closed. Wrap it up. <laughs> this isn't an episode of Mood Lighting, Chuck. Roll credits. <laughs> or murder she pooped. <laughs> Sounds painful. He, he kind of brushes past you without even seeing you. Uh, I'm going to catch up to him and be, start talking to me like, uh, Hey, David, you look like hell. Wow, what a dick thing to say. Well, uh, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm very tired. Uh, uh, what, what? I'm sorry, who are you again? Uh... My name is, um, um, you don't remember me? I was, uh, temporarily an extra, and then, uh, I'm, I'm Dan. 
I remember we we talked in the in the costume in the costume. Well, room. it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Uh, excuse me. I I really need to get to makeup. Ass. I'm sorry, young man. What did you say? I said you have a nice ass. <laughs> he gives you a queer look and then moves along to wardrobe. Ooh, that was close. I think at this point I'm going to continue heading back towards set. Just kind of meander around. I'm going to try and keep an eye out for anything that seems like it might be out of place. I've been there a couple of days, so I get the feeling that I have a rough idea of what a day looks like. The things that are supposed to happen when they're supposed to happen. What they look like. Um, I guess I'm trying to keep an eye out for any any disturbances or anything that I would think would be a like an un, uncalled for deviation. I, I know exactly what you're saying, so we'll move along to Sam and <laughs> Chuck. Sam and Chuck, uh, you guys arrive at the Tumbleweed Motel with the wino in tow. He takes a shower, shaves up, and he seems pretty good, although he has some pretty bad shakes. He makes the worst shakes. Way too much milk and not enough ice cream. They're pretty bad, actually. They're pretty bad. Too much shakes. milk, not enough shake. But uh, he, he does seem to be a lot clear-eyed. You you grab a sandwich from the uh, motel counter. Sandwich depository. He wolfs it right down. Halfway through, the sandwich starts to jerk a little bit like he's going to throw it back up. But then he oh. calms down and continues eating. He puts the, the plate down and says, uh, I need two things, a bottle and a gun. I don't know about that. Yeah, I don't know about that either. If you want my help, those are the two things that I need. I'll give you one of the two. It needs to be both, young man. I'll give you the gun now, and when we finish tracking or doing whatever we do for the day, you give me the gun back and you get the bottle. The gun is no good without the bottle. Do you see this? This is not a steady hand. So we'll give you a machine gun. Spray and pray. I step a couple steps away in motion for the boss to come over. Okay, what? I'm going to give him my gun, but I'm going to take the bullets out. Do you have a bottle for him? We'll get him one. All right, let's do this. Sam, why don't you give me an intelligence roll? I'm not very smart. <laughs> no, the character. Oh, I think I'm pretty smart. Bowl, you got a nine? Well, you're pretty smart to know that if you give him an unloaded weapon, he's a military person. He would know it's unloaded. I'll give him one bullet. You rolled very well. You're not going to put anything over on him. Yeah. Well, let's give him a fifth of a bottle or something like that. Enough to take his edge off, but not enough where he'll forget who we at are. This, at this point, I think we just need to move forward. We need to give him what he wants if we're going to use him at all. All right, let's just go for it. we got nothing else going for us. We've got we just got to keep an eye on him. I guess we'll just uh, give him what he wants and suicide by a wino. So you give him a fifth of... Wild turkey. Really like the, the cheapest, crappiest rye whiskey you can find. And uh, he immediately takes a long pull, and then with some effort, pulls it away, and mm-hmm. then reaches out for the gun. Yay, this is terrifying. I give him my twenty-two. Takes the gun, checks it, clocks it, breaks it down, loads it back up, puts it back together, puts it in his waistband. Now I take the bullets out. <laughs> <laughs> it was a sleight of hand trick. He looks Sam <laughs> straight in the eye, and he says... So what's the game plan, little lady? Sam's always getting with them older go- boys. We need you to track him. I saw him last night. He was right by the motel. He put his hand on my shoulder outside my room. You saw him outside your room? Mm-hmm. Behind you? Yes. You're lucky to be alive. I was thinking the same thing. Then man wants to sleep with Sam. Well, he's out there hunting. Why would he not kill me? I can't say. I'm not sure. Oh, you can say it. It's okay. 
Wait, why didn't he kill you? I saw I ran away. He took Will. That's all he needed. Interesting. Needed. That's all he needed. So I'll ask you again, little lady. What's the game plan? The last place that I saw him was at the motel. Let's start there. Well, he only comes out at night. You said you were the one with tracking experience. Exactly. I'll help you find him. Absolutely. I can add my spot hidden rolls to yours. <laughs> <laughs> What's the spot hidden roll? What is That's that? what we want. Let's add rolls together. Great. So he he uh, he's been taking people all over the city. So I think we just need to position ourselves. He seems to like hanging around down by the river and maybe the rooftop of one of the taverns. That's the best idea I got. I like it. That's where I think I saw him as a rooftop. Sam, tell him about how the buildings were different. See if that brings anything to him. When I first saw him, it was out of the corner of my eye, and it looked like he was on the top of a building, and that building was about 50 feet away. But this morning when I woke up, the building was obviously two to 300 feet across the street. That's very strange, little lady. Yes, it's very strange. Yeah, that's the first noteworthy strange thing here. Did you have a little bit of this last night, maybe? He jiggles the rye whiskey. Oh, whew. whiskey? No. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know if a little of this was... Before, down by the river, uh, when you got a little sick, shall we say, mm-hmm. I thought I detected the scent of uh, wine. Yeah, I had wine. I didn't have whiskey. Maybe a little too much? Maybe a lot too much. So maybe what you saw last night wasn't real? So what you saw wasn't real and didn't take your friend? Oh, my friend's gone. And I can describe exactly what he smelt like and what he said to me. It matches what you have told us. Then I believe you. I believe me too. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's go get set up wherever we decide is best. Okay. He says, follow me. And uh, he tracks back towards the river and the taverns. Daniel, you've spent a couple hours on the set. It's getting to be, it's past lunch now. Um, you went in, had a, a little bite to eat. Uh, everybody seemed to be uh, pretty excited that uh, they're going to be wrapping up in about four to five days. Everything go- seems to be going pretty well. You do notice that David Parker is uh, in deep conversation with the director, Stephen Goulding, and they seem to be a little at odds. They're kind of having an argument. Can I get close enough to eavesdrop without uh, making it too obvious? Why don't you give me a listen roll? Or a sneak roll, whatever one is higher, please. Yeah. Uh, Yay. You need a 60 and you got a 37, so you succeed. Yes, you you, you easily overhear uh, Stephen Goulding talking with David Parker. And essentially they're arguing about uh, his uh, David Parker, his lack of enthusiasm in the last scene. And even with makeup, you can tell he's quite quite tired and pale and drawn and deep circles under his eyes and essentially Stephen is intimating that David might be drinking too much and at which point David Parker just gets up and leaves in a huff. Can I follow him? Sure. Only if you're in a huff too. <laughs> yep. uh, so he, 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 he and actually give me a sneak why don't you? Is that a, is that a thing on there? Uh, there's or stealth, stealth or something? Oh. I think sneaks are one. Huh? No, so there's stealth. I don't think sneak. Yes, stealth. I don't see sneak. So stealth. Sneak is it. Give me a stealth. Oh, this follow didn't last long, did it? Oh my God, it did. Ooh, <laughs> you did 20 and you got twelve. So 
you're able to uh, uh, basically shadow him a little bit. Uh, he, he stalks off out of the uh, uh, mess hall. He's unbuttoning his wardrobe as, as he goes. And he, he throws it on the ground. He's got normal clothes underneath. And he stomps off and he uh, hops into a jeep and starts it up, guns it, and heads off towards your Belinda. Do we know if um, if Bill is anywhere around? I want to go find him and uh, see if I can't figure out if he knows what's wrong with David. Uh, after a few minutes, yeah, you easily find uh, William Gardner. Uh, he he's actually uh, talking with uh, Chris, the cameraman, and there's they seem to be discussing a scene or something. And he sees you approach. He's like, "Oh, hi, Daniel. How's it going?" Hey, uh, I just saw David uh, drive off in a bit of a hurry. Uh, I thought we oh, were still shooting. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and Chris uh, pipes up and says, yeah, that asshole, he's uh, totally unprepared for today. And, and then William looks looks at Chris and says, Chris, would you excuse us for a minute? And Chris sort of wanders away with a, uh, a bashed look on his face. And he goes up to, go, William goes up to you and is like, uh, sorry about that. You know, we're, I'm trying to cut down on the, the uh, innuendo and rumor around here. Um yeah, so David uh, was, he, he forgot his lines. He was having a really rough time of it today. I just, I, th- I think he's been staying up too late. Uh, it might be just the pressure of it. I'm not sure, but I, I guess I'm, uh, you know, a little worried that uh, the pressure just might be a little too much for him right now. I got word that he sped off, so maybe he's going to go blow off some steam. I'm not sure. And sometimes he, he likes to go up in the hills and just commune with nature and, and then he'll come back and he'll he'll be better. Yeah, I saw him. Uh, I was uh, walking around this morning and I saw him and he looked awfully tired. Something's been eating at him. I don't know what it is. but uh, So anything else, uh, Daniel? Uh, no, that's that'll be it. I'm going to okay. keep my eyes open, see if we can't uh, figure out what's happening with David. Okay, great. Essentially, Sam and Chuck and Bill the Wino decide that it would be best to take residence on top of the old goat tavern down by the river. You have a pretty good uh, view. You have basically a 360 view of some nearby uh, rooftops. And, as you know, there's there's basically three taverns. They're, they're just like a little alley between each one. And, and, of course, there's other large warehouse buildings and that sort of thing. The hospital's not too far away. You can actually see it in the distance. But it's pretty comfortable up there. Uh, you got, you know, a nice view of the river and the highway nearby. You can see lights and that sort of thing. And essentially, uh, you're just waiting for nighttime. Daniel, what would you like to do with the rest of your late afternoon? Can I hang around the parking lot and try and kind of... I'm going to keep an eye out to see if I can spot David when he comes back. Okay. Uh, why don't you give me a spot hidden roll? Ooh, screw you guys. I'm going to Vegas. Nice, nice. Needed a 45. You got a 40, so that's a success. Uh, you do see him uh, pull back in after a little while. He actually... He's, he has a Jeep, so he can go off-roading. And so he does come around uh, from... Basically between the hills, uh, you see in the distance there, and uh, he kind of, he arrives in a cloud of smoke, kind of gives it a little bit of a slam on the brakes action, and he's he appears to be a little happier, and he he jumps out of the jeep and uh, happens to notice you. He's like, "Hi, Daniel, how's it going?" Oh, doing pretty good. Uh, having a, having a little fun off roading. Oh, you know, a little fresh air always helps improve the mood. Oh, uh, no, no arguments there. So what scenes do we have uh, to shoot 
I think there's one or two, isn't there? I believe we have two more today. People are gearing Great. up. I think we're ready to, to roll right on into it now that you're here. Excellent, excellent. So uh, why don't you come with me? He slaps you on your shoulder and sort of drags you along. Let's go see uh, Stephen. I, I think I owe him an apology for my behavior. And then how about you and I have dinner? Uh, you know what? Um, I'd be willing to help you with the apology, but uh, but Bill is uh, kind of taken to having me do some of his work for him. Being oh, busy I'll talk to Bill. Don't you worry about that. You and I will have a nice little candlelight dinner. I'm really interested in the work you've been doing. All right, so David Parker's the thin man. Let's wrap it up. <laughs> Every person's the thin man. <laughs> so he, he essentially drags you uh, into the set. You have a quick words with Stephen, who is very accommodating. He's like, no problem, David, no problem. Uh, just you know, let us know when you're ready, and we'll start the scene. William uh, comes up to you, Daniel, and he's like, so uh, any, any news? Where has David been? Uh, as far as I know, he's been out and about in the hills. He kind of drove back through... A cloud of smoke slammed the brakes on, hopped out, and seemed to be a lot better. Great, great. Uh, did you sense any alcohol in his breath? Uh, not that I could tell. Okay. Whew. I was so worried about that. Thank God. I kind of thought maybe he had a bootleg system <laughs> out in the hills or something, <laughs> but that's clearly not uh, not the case. So I appreciate you keeping an eye on him. And if you wouldn't mind, just, you know, spend a little time with him tonight and... You know, see how he is. Just try to keep him happy if you can. I will do my best. Excellent. Thank you very much. Back to Chuck and Sam and Bill the Wino. Billy. <laughs> you are on the rooftop of the tavern, the old goat, and night has completely fallen. There is a full moon tonight and wisps of cloud obscuring the moonlight occasionally. It's nearing midnight. And you see something washed to the shore of the river. Looks like a body. I spy the rotting corpse. That's not how the game works, George. Is it that one? No, not that one. What is that? I point. Can't tell. It looks kind of like a body. Let's let's wait this one out. Us going to look now isn't going to change anything. Bill takes another pull from the uh, bottle. It's about half empty now. He cocks the gun. Daniel. You're having a nice meal with uh, David Parker. He's a very charming guy once you get to know him. And uh, he tells you many stories of his exploits in Hollywood and, you know, sleeping with this starlet and that starlet and, you know, uh, basically. And he's getting a little bit drunker and drunker as he goes along. And then he's, he, he says, uh, well, I, I got a early curtain call. I've got to go to bed. Uh, do you, uh, did you need anything else? Uh, no, no, man, I'm good. Uh, I'm with you. I have uh, stuff to do. I think uh, hitting the hitting the hay a little early is it's gonna be it's gonna be good for me. You know what they say: early to bed, early to rise. So have a, have a good night, Daniel. I'll see you in the morning. Six o'clock. You know it. Excellent, excellent. All right, have a good night, my friend. You too. And he toddles he toddles off towards the uh, his trailer. As soon as he walks off, can I follow him back to his trailer to make sure he doesn't go anywhere? Give me a stealth. I have a feeling I'm not going to get this lucky two times in a row, but... What's the worst that could happen? That. That's the All worst right, that could happen. 20, and he rolled an 82. You see the uh, his light go on for a couple minutes as he's in the trailer. Uh, you can kind of see his shadow inside the trailer, and then a couple minutes later it goes off, and pretty soon you hear snoring. Could I hang outside of his trailer for a little bit just to make sure he's... Uh... 
You can do anything you want. Right, I'm gonna I'm gonna hang out. It's only ten o'clock. I feel like I could uh, hang outside his trailer until maybe somewhere close to to midnight before I head out. Okay, you hang out to midnight, and that's it. You hear more snoring. Okay, so I guess at this point I'm going to uh, head back to the barracks, take a shower, and then hit the hay. Because unlike Sam, some of us know what personal hygiene is. <laughs> mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Excellent. Uh, why don't you give me a spot hidden? All right, you needed a 45, you rolled a 56, so you go to sleep and have a, a wonderful night. Sam and Chuck and Bill the Wino. You you spend a couple minutes looking at this shape, and it it looks like a body, and then it submerges in the river. Until it's no longer visible. What the hell? Why don't you give me a spot hidden, each of you? All right, you both easily make the spot hidden roll. As you watch the body submerge, you hear a scream behind you. What the fuck? You both whirl, and you see Bill, the wino, disappear over the edge of the tavern, the old goat. A long, skinny arm pulls him over. And you smell freshly turned soil. Sam and Chuck, please give me a sanity roll. You see I'm rolling and hating. Sam, you did make your sanity roll, which is very odd. Chuck, you are shaken to your very core. Chuck, as you see this long, thin arm reach up to grab Bill, you hear a voice in your head. It says, can you hand me that towel, hon? And you black out. And that's where we're going to end this episode. Oh. Thank God my liquor budget was not high enough to accommodate him much longer. <laughs> Bill was a liability. <laughs> I need my gun back. Right. All right. Uh, that's it for this episode of the Lovecraft Tapes. Feel free to reach out from Beyond the Veil with any comments or reviews. You can find us at thelovecrafttapes.com and on Twitter at Lovecraft Tapes. You can find me on Twitter at Boomstick Brew. Uh, you find me on Twitter at at uh, the Real Weird Kid. If you want to listen to my ramblings, and who wouldn't? They're weird. They're real weird. And if you want to uh, get in touch with uh, Brian or George, we're on Friendster. Yeah, I have the can on a string. It's right outside my front door. <laughs> Send smoke signals. Hit us up on MySpace. <laughs> Just uh, fold up a paper airplane in Euclidean geometry corners and then throw it at... AOL Instant Messenger, username (laughs) XXSoccerGirlXX. XXX360 no scope 420 blaze at XXX. Leap back, Exactly. So uh, thank you again for listening, and uh, we'll catch you next time on episode four. Bye! Bye! The Lovecraft Tapes is copyright 2016. For more information and advertising opportunities, please send an email to podcast at thelovecrafttapes.com.